I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Ashley Murray from Katie Keen. And if you rock with me, you should always be listening to the Watch Less podcast with Kyle and Frazier. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about movie and TV culture. As always, it's your boy Cal, deputy editor of Complex's Pop Culture Channel. The homie Fraser Tharp, summer man, as always, is in the building. What's good, man? How you doing? Yes, sir. Maintaining. Finally uh, opening up these uh, fresh gems gear. I I wish at some point we could get a video podcast. So Frazier can uh, lightly stunt. Get these fits off? On, on, wh- whether it's a fit, whether it's just like an extra chain or two, uh, a fresh ring. Well, since there's no style podcast, I'll speak for everyone when I say I think I wasn't one of the people who were like dressing up to feel normal Yeah. in, a- in April or whatever. But yeah. now that we're in June, it's just kind of like I just got to like yeah normal clothes like I would. I actually took stock of the t-shirts that I had. I'm like, you know what? Obviously we have to keep something around because we, we do record video from time to time, but Jesus, like just got, you got to find a way to be an adult any way you can. This week's episode, someone I've been waiting to have on the podcast, the talented Ashley Murray, one of the stars of Katie Keene on the CW, probably newer as Josie on Riverdale. I don't know. Not too many uh, people I've seen in Hollywood have been able to have a whole character on one show, take that character to a different show and be able to, you know, have like that character really be able to blossom outside of not saying like Josie, you know, is the main character whole show. She's one of like many regular arcs, but it's cool to, to see her be in a position like that where she's able to actually take a character that she enjoyed and was able to let it grow on this new show. It's a very small list. And, uh, you know, it's something you should never, never fail to give props for because it's no easy feat. Word. Word. Especially on a show like Riverdale, which is so established after a point. It's like when you take a character out of that ecosystem, it's almost against all odds that it works. And again, in a new setting. Facts. You know, We get into that too. I was always wondering with a show like Riverdale that is, it's essentially a teen soap opera, but it's also very, I don't know if mystical is the right word. It's definitely very quirky. Faux natural. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's not full Twin Peaks. There's not so much mystery in Riverdale that you're like, you know, you just have to chalk it up to it being a mysterious ass place. I don't think it's that. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those shows where, especially by like, she left the show to do Katie Keen at the end of season three, right? Yes. Yes. So, you know, by that point, it's like when you think about how many arcs and subplots and mysteries the show has built up by that point, like... Mm-hmm. You know, even if there's nothing mystical on Riverdale, there's always like murders and stuff to solve and stuff. And when you're not in like the core of that cast, it can be easy to start getting or feeling like shut out. So I think it's also like a really brave decision and one that worked out well for her to go spread her wings a little bit because otherwise it's like you're fighting a dozen people for screen time on Riverdale. Facts. I mean, and I think it's really cool to for the CW to see an opportunity like that. Cause you don't have too many instances where a channel owns the rights to something so they can establish spinoff shows and, and, you know, kind of like take these trees that have you planted and have grown and then move them off to new spaces so they can, you know, grow and mature over there. That's the kind of shit I like with like the Marvel universe and stuff to be able to see those types of movements go on. It's, 
it's cool to me to see those maneuvers. And uh, I like that the CD, the CW is able to do that, but then also be able to put someone like Ashley, who I don't, I know she was working before Riverdale. I don't think I, I really saw her face until Riverdale. So I don't know. I, I think it's cool for her. Do not sleep. Do not sleep on the CW. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because that's all they've done that now with their superhero universe. Yes. yes. And now this Riverdale thing, like their branding game is crazy. And I think they got like two or three spinoffs out of the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. One day I will write the 10,000 word piece on how the CW is one of the most underrated networks there of all time. There you go. And not today. Not Who has time today? Who has time today at all? Mark Pedowitz, come on the, come on the podcast. <laughs> It, another thing that we get into on the show, which I think is very interesting because, I mean, for those who are unaware, we spoke with Ashley some time ago. It was before, you know, the unrest in America with uh, the, the, the passing of uh, the murder of George Floyd and the protests that have been going on for the last week or so. We recorded this before then, but it's interesting that the conversation that we have on the podcast, on the interview talking about black characters representation on television when, you know, mentioning things like screen time that characters are given, like Frazier was talking about earlier, there was a little dust up on Twitter this week because the, the homegirl, Vanessa Morgan, who plays Tony Topaz on Riverdale, she's been very vocal as of late. I guess it was late last week over the weekend. She, she caused a storm because she was, she was essentially saying that, black characters on Riverdale, they don't write them like they write the white characters. You know what I'm saying? Like they are underutilized. And I mean, I think she might be the only, at least on the main cast, quote unquote, Vanessa Morgan might be the only black face on the show. Sounds about white. <laughs> There's some white passing people color of people of color as well. But uh, yeah, I think she's the actual only person of color at least on the poster. But uh, there was a situation where someone tried to say that Ashley Murray, the, the reason that Riverdale wrote off the Pussycat Dolls was because Ashley Murray was a diva. She wasn't rocking with, you know, working with these other women on the show. And I mean, I want to, I want to quote it just because shouts out to them. First off, Ashley, you'll hear in the interview, Ashley Murray, one of the nicest people I've ever spoken to, spoke to her before a couple of years back, early Riverdale, very nice person, you know, a very real person, but a very nice person. Um, she's also the type of person who is unafraid to uh, clap back at people on social media. What'd she say? She said, you clearly had me mixed up with someone else. I love the Pussycats more than any show ever did. She went on to say, you know, she if you think I, I don't like being around women, I'm around women all the time on Katie Keene. And then she told her to fuck all the way off. <laughs> Go. Vanessa Morgan jumps up. Love to see it. And says, yo, you don't know what the fuck you talking about. Don't talk about my friend like that. Like Vanessa Morgan's really been jumping up. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Do you think it's just because like people have time? Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing this across all industries as one of, you know, there's obviously a bunch of important like systemic things in society that we have to take down, you know, via these protests and the petitions and everything. But we're also seeing it spread to a lot of industries, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of media companies being hit. A lot of stories are coming out. You know, Leah Michelle was a big one last week. Yeah. She made a statement and got hit by a lot of her fellow uh, co-stars of color about her behavior in the past. So, you know, there's a big reckoning going on in all corners, it feels like. And this is just, you know, one aspect of it that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think Vanessa was talking about how she is the probably the least paid yes. on the cast and the only person of color. And you take that in conjunction with her story, obviously not getting kind of a full heft as a, as a Veronica or a Betty. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast recently, but I feel like Tony Topaz had one major storyline a while ago. And now it's kind of just been like, she, she's, in the show, but she's more like she said in her tweets and in her comments online, tired of how black people are portrayed in media, tired of us being portrayed as thugs, dangerous or angry, scary people, tired of us also being used as sidekick, non-dimensional characters to our white leads or only being used in the ads for diversity 
but not actually in the show. It starts with the media. I'm not being quiet anymore. She feels like she's written as more of a sidekick. But the interesting thing is, she mentioned the pay disparity. She mentioned, you know, her character not really being on the show. And shouts out to the heads of Riverdale. They spoke out in social media. They're like, yeah, she's right. We're going to make things right with her, which is funny because I don't know. This could be 100% false. I don't know. This is what, you know, the, the dirt sheets of Hollywood are reporting. But uh, there, there's some rumors are saying that that spot that Ruby Rose left at Batwoman, she had an injury. She had surgery. And I think the schedule and, and, and the, the beatings of being on a CW action show might just she, she might just want to, you know, live comfortably and not live in pain all the time. So there's a seat open as Batwoman and talk is that Vanessa Morgan might be auditioning for that role. How insane would that be? That would be a huge glow up. And obviously, I mean, honestly, the best, like most delicious outcome, yeah. you know, for her. Because, you know, I think it, it kind of goes in with John Boyega's comments last week. You know, he at the protest that he attended, he was like, quite frankly, he doesn't know if he's going to have a career from speaking so loud and plainly and boldly yeah. about everything that's going on and not holding his tongue. And uh, that is like a very real fear amongst black actors in the industry or black creatives yeah. uh, overall. Yeah. So it'd be a really um, nice signal, I guess, or a nice turn of events for it. the outcome of her speaking out is landing an even bigger Fact. job. Fact. So shouts out to her, Vanessa Morgan. Anytime you're trying to come on the pod with the squad. No, I think without further ado, we should get into this conversation with Ashley Murray, Katie Keene star, Ashley Murray. We also later on, Stick around, because we're going to be talking about these new movies that are coming out this week, both Spike Lee's new Netflix film, The Five Bloods, and Pete Davidson's The King of Staten Island. Judd Apatow directed King of Staten Island. We'll, we'll get into all of that after this quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, so without further ado, here's our conversation with Katie Keene star Ashley Murray. Once again, just want to uh, forewarn you, this was pre-recorded prior to the murder of George Floyd and so many others who have been taken before their time. Yeah, let's get into it. Welcome back to Watch Less. As always, nothing but illustrious guests. I've been waiting to have a conversation with Ashley Murray for a while. I spoke to Ashley Murray a while ago. I was going to say, I thought we had spoken before. I was like, wait a minute. Back, uh, shouts out. We had Karine on the podcast not too long ago. She's at the cut now. But yeah, we spoke on Facebook Live. You can't find that video anymore, unfortunately. That was old office. That was old office. That might have been, I don't know if season one of Riverdale was done. Yeah. Uh, was it season one? Is season one or season two? Or the finale for season one might have just aired. It was very early into. Yeah. The it show. was because I think we were asking you what the renewal chances were looking like because we were super hyped. Yeah, for season Jesus. Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. That same movie yeah. talk always rears its ugly head, doesn't it? Jesus. <laughs> but no, a- Ashley's done amazing for herself. I mean, you've seen Ashley had three seasons of Riverdale under her belt. And then early they were talking about opening up. I mean, shouts out to Greg Berlanti. This man is making universes everywhere. All of the things, yeah. <laughs> facts, <laughs> facts. He decided to open up the Riverdale universe and, and brought out Katie Keene. And I feel like I always heard that the bridge between the two shows would be Josie, the character that actually yeah. played. So uh, it was dope to see you be able to take that character and blossom for a season on Katie Keene. We'll at least try and figure out what's going on with the situation with you right now. But Ashley Murray, thank you for talking on the on the watch list podcast thank you for returning i want to have this conversation with you appreciate you 
No, I'm happy to be here. I was wondering when we were going to get back together and convert. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it's one of those things where while you were doing great over here, a lot of things were changing. At some point, I was the last person that was kind of like, oh, well, you handle the TV and movie stuff. So once that started going on, we were trying to figure out this situation as well. Yeah. We've never shared the list, but we always talk about the list of people that we had. And uh, your name was definitely on there because Katie Keene was going to be starting around the time we were originally going to be trying to launch this. So, uh, Oh, well, then this is perfect. It was written. It was written. <laughs> but how are you handling the quarantine situation right now? Uh, you know, as best I can, as I feel like most people are, you know, or trying to anyway. Mm. You know, most days are difficult. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard being stuck inside. I, you know, struggle with a lot of anxiety, even around going outside. Mm-hmm. I've struggled with depression for yeah. many years. So this is causing flares of that. Mm-hmm. And even understanding the difference between like a really deep depression and just a moderate depression, yeah. which mm-hmm. I didn't know was a thing just mm-hmm. to have moderate depression, not to feel so, so bad, but to also feel really impassionate mm-hmm. about things is really strange. And then there are days where, you know, it's good. I'm thankful that we're moving into the summertime. So the sun being out always kind of picks me up, even if yeah. I can't really be outside. I hear you. Uh, yeah, we, before we even started, a lot of us were trying to figure out who, who's got a grill, who's planning on, you know, trying to you know, be, be in their backyard area a little bit, be on the roof a little bit, because it's it's hard. It's a, you know, at the time of recording, you know, it's a time when everybody is going to try and congregate outside. That's true. I mean, you're not allowed to have a grill on the roof of my building, <laughs> but I am lucky enough to have roof access and like mm. a patio. So If I don't really want to go up on the roof, I can just chill on the patio. But I'm starting to ease my way back outside for like walks and things like that, just to sort of get that exercise and the vitamins. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you need that, especially with the sun out. uh, I went out early this morning. It's, uh, I don't know, it's always good to take it. I mean, you just got to be prepared is all it is. You can't be walking out there like Exactly. Got to dodge that six feet when you see someone coming down the other side of the street. (laughs) I do. I'd make a quick beeline and I just have to tell myself, if you take offense, I'm not going to be around to watch it. So it's fine. (laughs) Now, you know, when you're inside, I was checking up on some of your recent interviews and you were talking about, you know, watching TV. I saw you'd finished uh, Ally McBeal on uh, Amazon Prime. Was that your first time going through it? Yeah, it's my first time going completely through it because I was a kid when I first was introduced to Ally McBeal and I only vaguely remember bits and pieces of it. And I never went back to it. You know, my only reference to it was Regina talking about, would you run from Calista Flockhart in (laughs) in scary movie? So I think the only thing I knew about Ally McBeal was the dancing baby. That was my only reference to the show. The dancing baby. My aunt remembered that more than anything. It was the Mm -hmm. dancing baby and the growl whenever Lucy Liu would turn and look at people. Wait, Lucy Liu's on Ally McBeal? I was going to say, I didn't even realize she was on the show. Yes. Lucy Liu was on Ally McBeal, Portia de Rossi, Kay Diggs. Okay. Who else was on there? There were so many people. It was really weird watching and being like, dang, everybody was on this show. Literally every celebrity from the last, like, you know, 15, yeah. 20 years has been on that show. Well, good, because I have it in my queue, so now maybe that'll be, like, the inspiration I need to get on it. It's really cool. Like, honestly, watching that show, for me, was interesting because so much of the dynamic of the formula of how that show is made reminds me a lot of Katie Keen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then also just watching it turn into a new millennium, you know, to go mm-hmm. from the 90s to the 2000s, see how the hair changes, how yeah, the makeup yeah. changes, the jewelry, yeah. the wardrobe. Like, it's cool for me as a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one, like, it's weird to use the word upside, but if there is, like, one upside to quarantine, it is having all that time to just dive into all the TV that you kind of missed or, like, were around peripherally as a kid. Yeah. There's literally nothing but time to watch everything. Yeah. And talking about looking at how time changes, I think the show for me like that is The Sopranos. You can mark when like DVDs were popular enough to be bought at home. You know, they're, they're stealing right. <laughs> they're stealing Blu-rays or, or like, you know, whatever model TV. And it, it was like Nintendo 64. It's just funny to see how, uh, it, but most shows like that, you can tell the rest of the show feels dated. And I don't think The Sopranos is like that. I'm guessing Ally Mc, is Ally McBeal 
Does it feel a little dated? I mean, maybe. I mean, the like the cinematography obviously feels a little dated. You know, it's mm-hmm. got that nineties mm-hmm. vibe, and you see it change. Mm-hmm. But like the things that were dated that stood out to me were more the aesthetics, like the wardrobe. You know, the giant choker necklaces with the massive butterflies and like just things that really symbolize a different era. That's what felt dated. But I feel like everything else I could was still relatable. Are you a fan of shows like that? These are hour long, like sitcom TV dramas, things like that. Uh, You know, I am. I'm pretty sure I am. And I only say that because I'm trying to wean myself off of reality television. Oh, okay. I watch way too much reality TV. Honestly, I will force myself to watch TV, like I said, because I watch so much reality TV. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that I have very little time in the day to focus on anything that's going to make my mind tired. You've been kind of busy. Kind of busy. I've been kind of busy. And that's the thing is that when we're shooting and working, it's so much. So I just want to zone out and listen to other people have problems. And then I want to go to sleep. I'll just sit and I'll binge shows, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like the culture now. I like to watch them one by one every week, you know. But I actually prefer more like Supernatural or not like the show Supernatural, but like Supernatural Elements Mm -hmm. or... That was the sound of Frazier getting disappointed. He's a big Supernatural show fan. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's CW family right there. It's like, I, it's more so like there's this, oh, what's it called? Is it Luna Nera? There's, it's, I think it's an Italian show. Okay. Or maybe it's Spanish, but it's about witches. And okay. I love that. And it's also in another language, which I also love. Like, I can't speak it, but I love listening okay. and it helps me read faster. Is your self-care listening to everybody else's mental health issues? Yes. <laughs> then it reminds me that maybe things aren't that bad. Like, yeah, or, yeah. oh, at least I don't pick arguments like that. Or, mm, that's why I ain't got some friends. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, whatever little pick-me-up I need. What do you usually stream on, Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of the other ones? Both Netflix, Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Pretty much, I just go back and forth between those. Outer Banks is on Netflix. Did you see that? Outer Banks is good. I did start watching Outer Banks, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's it is interesting. interesting. It, it, it caught me more than I thought it would. I, I was going to give it an episode, and then as it kept going, I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm actually kind of digging Keep pulling you back yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. They did a good job on that show. They're doing a good job on that show. I don't know if I like everybody on the show, but uh, it's a good summer binge, I think you, you should say. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that, yeah. And it's got that CW feel. It does. It does. That's why I was like, Hmm, feels familiar. <laughs> Lots of pretty people. Hmm. Everybody's cute. Everyone is just pretty. What is it like being at that network? Because I always has this outside perception, but I've always kind of felt like they have some of the strongest shows on network TV. I'd agree. I mean, I don't really know how to answer that question, to be honest, you know, because I've never been on any other network. You know, the CW has a niche and it develops it and produces it really well you know Mm. we have a lot of entertaining supernatural-esque tv shows Mm. i mean to not so much plug our show but what i like so much about katie keen is that even though you have that fantasy aspect of these are comic book based characters Mm. it's still grounded in reality you know nobody has any superpowers there Mm. are no crazy dangerous mysteries it's just drama yeah i was very interested when i got the screeners for that i remember watching and i was because i remember the first episode of riverdale being definitely high drama it was definitely you know very big and very loud but there was also a little bit of you know mystery elements that had that twin peaks feel that's a very good metaphor very good there fraser but i was wondering how much of that would be in katie keen and i was appreciating the fact that it was i don't think straightforward is the right word but it definitely didn't it cut some of that excess away, and I think it kind of just gave you, you yeah. know, a drama. You know, it gave you, you know, a peek into these people's lives with, you know, moments of, you know, music and, you know, dance numbers and, you know, yeah, a lot of flashing and stuff. This, you know, like kind of uplifting comic book world feel. Yeah. And yet mm-hmm. it is married with the reality of being in a real city, dealing with real problems that happen in New York. 
you know, it's it's like a balance of TV and real life. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot about the show. I was going to say, when you first caught wind that Josie might be jumping from Riverdale to Katie Keene, was that something that attracted you about the movie? Oh, hell yeah. I was pumped. <laughs> like, I couldn't wait. I was like, you mean I get to go home? I get to work in the city I live in? Are you kidding? That's right, yeah. yeah. Yes, I, yes, absolutely. You know, I've been talking about... You took the train to work? No, actually, I didn't. I, okay. I took the train to, like, fittings during pre-production, but... Uh-huh. We were lucky enough to be shuttled to and from work. Talk of shouts out CW shit. Yeah, it was. It's. I mean, it, it was really great, and it made all the difference because our days were really long. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. having to get you know on a train or you know in Ubers all the time can be really frustrating. So that yeah. was a lovely, lovely help. Big help, big help. And you also joined like an illustrious list of you know characters from hit shows that go on to like populate their own spinoffs, which a lot of people don't always take that chance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was very happy to take this chance because I didn't have the opportunity to really discover more about this character while on Riverdale, you know, the show and the universe just in that town had gotten so big that, you know, this character was just lost in the ether. So given the opportunity to actually work, you know, and actually play and use my craft was very enticing. I wasn't going to say no to that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do you remember how early it was that you had heard about Katie Keene and Josie making that jump? How early? Like, it was probably just a couple of months before we shot the pilot. Oh, okay. I want to say. When was that? That we shot the pilot in, I think it was March. Okay. of last year mm-hmm. and it was a PCAs that happened in January that year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mark Pedowitz had said on a panel that they were working on a spinoff yes. and mm-hmm. describing the characters. He described one that fit Josie and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and what's funny, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the whole idea came about probably nine months prior to that. if not okay. a little more. Roberto had come to me and asked me how I would feel about Josie possibly making this leap to New York. And Mm -hmm. we discussed very, like, kind of very quickly about what that would look like. It was in the early pitch phases, so nothing was set in stone. It was just more of a courtesy call of, would this be something that you might be interested in? And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, sure. And then I didn't hear anything for months and months and months. And then January came, we're shooting the Riverdale, like, musical episode, and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. people are coming to me like, oh, you're going to New York? Am I? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So the conversation happened, and then nothing, and then all of a sudden it just snowballed, and we shot the pilot and went. That's dope. What has your experience been like taking on such an iconic character? Because, you know, you see actors talk about this for like a superhero show or something but Mm. Josie is you know in her own way very much iconic in a a very similar manner and someone who has been in pop culture for decades and decades so I'd imagine like it's fun and that there's also like a heavy side of burden and expectation that comes with it you know it is and I wasn't really that deterred by the fact that the character had been around so long because you know I grew up on the Archie comics I read almost all of the digest before they made the jump to like being in a more graphic novel format. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen the Josie and the Pussycats movie. I I know about the world. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't really that nervous about taking it on. But now after doing it for so many years, there are things that I want to expand on more Mm -hmm. with the character. You know, I, it's hard to do that though, because when making network television, you have this much time to get anything done. You have this much time to learn a song, to learn a dance, to shoot that while you're also shooting other scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, all the work that I want to put into it, I could either try to do a little more or sleep an extra half an hour. Yeah, Yeah. I have to work a long day. So fighting that within myself, just creatively trying to find a way to give my all, but then I also want to work on it more. I want to elaborate more I want to dance more I want to sing more even just doing this first season of Katie Keene and watching all the episodes back I want to if we get a second season I want to do more live singing Mm -hmm. you know because just seeing the way it's edited I could feel like they want to hear more of our voices and less of the music 
Yeah. And that can be hard because I don't actually play the guitar. I do my best to fake it, but like I can't, <laughs> I don't know how. And it's even more to try to play an instrument and sing at the same time. That's a yeah. whole other level of skill, mm-hmm. but I can sing. So I don't have any problem. And even when we're doing the playback during the scene, I am singing along with the playback. Sure. You know, it's my voice. I can do it. So if they want that rawness, I'm more than happy and would prefer to actually sing the songs live. And that was a big thing, too. I feel like, especially when Riverdale was really pumping, there would be, it's similar to how Empire did it, the show would air, and then like that next day, if there was a big musical number, you could find it on Apple Music, you could find it right on Spotify, like you would think they would want to, you know, try and, you know, continue that tradition going on as well, especially for people who, like you said, want to hear more of the song without, I don't want to say without the context of the show, but be able to just enjoy that, that moment on its own. And I mean, we definitely do that on Katie Keene, but I actually would like to differentiate the two, you know, okay. have more of just the raw onset vocals, like actually give you the feel of what it would be like rehearsing. You mm-hmm. know, they can lay the instrumental track along with it underneath, but mm-hmm. we have boom mics, like we're actually mics on our bodies. I don't have any problem singing. And then once the show airs and they put the music live on the streaming, Mm -hmm. then you can hear the full production value of it. Like I'd like to have those two things offset each other because that's one of the things that I want to make authentic about a character that performs is that you actually see and feel this person perform. And it's not always, you know, playback. True indeed. Mm -hmm. Even if they take it and it's like a situation where they, now that, you know, seasons have ended, you know, you can do a, a compilation, a, a deluxe yeah. edition of everything and include, you know, select recordings, you know, that you're more raw, but, you know, like you said, to your credit, you know, the way everything's recorded, it's broadcast ready, or at the very least, it's released ready. Right, exactly. It could just be something for a super fan, but, you know, I think <laughs> there is a market for things like that. Hell, look at, you know, anytime Prince's vaults open up, it's like, oh, I wanted this song, or, you know, you could have put yeah. this version out. Like, you know, there are people that, want to hear that type of stuff i mean i'm definitely that way there are things that i've recorded in the past just one song that i recorded in some episode in riverdale and it was one of the recordings that i was most proud of just of myself vocally being Mm -hmm. able to hit a range that i didn't know i had Mm -hmm. and it was so lovely and it was so pure and full and natural and it was never released. Like wow. I recorded that whole bit and I was so upset. I was yeah. so sad because I wanted, I care a lot about how the music, you know, I make on the show sounds. Because mm-hmm. I'm not I, like, I'm not a professional singer. You know, I haven't pursued it in that way, but mm-hmm. it is a part of my craft and I want it to be good. And yeah. when I actually like something I did, <laughs> I would love for people to like it too. Like, you got to leak it. Yeah, facts. You know, put it up on the Instagram or something. Let the, uh, let the, let... do you have a hive? Do you, did, does Ashley Murray have a squad? Oh God, I, hope so, not. Do they have a I name? don't want a hive. <laughs> Hives are dangerous. Hives are dangerous. <laughs> they are. No, I mean, I'm sure I know that I have a lot of fans. You know, I, I have, you know, some fan accounts here and there. It's not like rampant, um, but there are people who do love and support the work that I do. So, I mean, I've got support. Let me put it like that. I've got support. That's what's up. That's, and a lot of the time that that's more important than a, some kind of toxic, you know, group thing. Oh, going yeah. On. yeah. So. I mean, like I'm there for it when people like try to come at me mad negative or like on a racist tip, yeah. you know, I'll throw them out there under that bus and let yeah. them take over. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. I, rem- no, I, I remember that. years ago, you made sure you checked people when they mistook you for some other actress that was out there. You know, they would call you whoever. I forget who exactly it was, but, you know, you definitely took the oh, Twitter and said, Look, it could yeah. be anybody, quite yeah. frankly. Like, there were so many times where I was often being tagged as Yara. Wow. And wow. I feel like she has been present enough to not mm-hmm. be mistaken. 100%. I was also being tagged as, oh, I can't remember her name. She's on 13 Reasons Why. She's got the long, curly hair. I'd have to look uh, it up and see. I can't think of her name, but I was mistaken for her. I was tagged as one of the girls in the back, like one of the extras on Riverdale. Really? Yes. You're literally on the poster. And it's, it was, I like, <laughs> like the 
the girls not even sitting at the table with any of the main cast. Like the main cast is in the front that's and old crazy. girls in the back fuzzy and they're like Ashley Murray. And I'm like, uh huh. Oh my that's God. That's crazy. I have scenes. You know, I have lines. Like, you know, I do this. It's fine. Like, I mean, there are times where I find myself like confusing people that I don't mean to, but it's more so because I actually don't know them that well. And I, I'll Same. think of a name and yeah. I'll see a different face. So it's not yeah. like me purporting to know somebody for sure. This is who they are. 100%. Like, I don't. There's a lot of people. And I think when you're mentioning the people that you're being compared to, it's almost like, oh, so like the handful of black faces that you're seeing in entertainment currently, I could be any one of those. It speaks to how sad the yeah. situation can be sometimes. but. Don't want to dwell on that. You mentioned, <laughs> you know, Riverdale cast. I was wondering, you know, we, it was cool to see uh, Sierra McCoy make a stop yeah, on uh, Katie Keene. Talk about your relationship with Robin. How's that been? Because, I mean, you've grown with her being your TV mom for years now. Uh, Legend. I love Robin. I love, love, love Robin. And we have not gotten to spend anywhere near the amount of time that either of us want to spend together. Mm. And we thought it would be better once you know, I moved back here to New York and, you know, she has a place here, but mm-hmm. she's been working too. So she was like down in Georgia or she's yeah. with her family somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. you know, the paths keep crossing, but when we are together, it just feels safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels very warm and, you know, cozy and receptive and understanding. And mm-hmm. it's just nice. Robin's such a wonderful, kind, 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 kind woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was young, she did random episodes of Cosby Show, but I'd seen her on like Head of the Class. Head of the Class, yeah. Obviously, you know, she was on Boomerang. Like she's been in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. She was in the eye. And I know she's yeah. got, you know, wisdom. Were there any things that she, uh, you know, jewels that she imparted on you? playing your mom and, you know, just being a, you know, especially a woman of color in the industry? You know, it's interesting because I can't think of anything only because the thing that stands out to me the most is I remember Robin being more receptive of seeing what she could learn from me, which felt Mm -hmm. really strange. You know, Mm -hmm. she was just open to understanding what the climate was like now because Mm -hmm. it's not the same as when she was coming up. True. And I felt like I could just lean on her without it being discussed. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything Mm -hmm. that we necessarily had to talk about that, oh, you should try to do this or you should try to do that. Because even though things had things changed from when she was Mm -hmm. working so consistently, they're the last that's still the same. (laughs) So... Mm -hmm. That isn't that you know it just kind of like is it there. goes without saying you know it's just there. Yeah. We know when things are working. We know when something seems off. Mm-hmm. And the most we'll do is be like, "Did you notice?" And I'll be like, "Yeah." She's like, okay. <laughs> so and that's all you know. That's all that really needs to be done. Other than quick that, temperature check. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just the temperature check. We were just there for each other. That actually seems like one of the cooler things about Riverdale. Uh, working mm-hmm. on it, I imagine that you have like these legends alongside you guys who are coming up in there. Yeah. It's like, got to be a great info exchange. Like you got Skeet Ulrich, yeah. the late great Luke Perry. Matchonomic. I mean, there's a lot of history there, especially what you guys do. You know, and that was definitely one of the coolest things about being on Riverdale. When we first started having all these people that, you know, we grew up watching mm-hmm. and actually like, you know, you spend your whole life. At least I did. Oh, I'm going to work with John. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you're legit sitting in the room running lines with somebody you've been watching since you were nine. Yeah. And it's like, wow. It actually was so, so cool. And I feel like, I feel like it was kind of the same thing. You know, we just sort of silently looked to them for guidance without really necessarily having to ask for Mm -hmm. it. You know, it was just there. You know, they were willing to impart knowledge when necessary. Otherwise we were just all kind of sponges soaking it up. Mm -hmm. How's the dynamic on Katie Keene? You know, I see Lucy Hale. I don't know when she gets time off. I always see her doing something. Be, <laughs> I know, being Lucy something is else. always working. What's your relationship with her like? It's good. You know, Lucy is really seasoned and smart. You know, she knows the world of television in a way that a lot of people don't. And, you know, being with her, even just on set, you know, she just has a decorum that 
she's been here before. She knows the ropes. She knows what to do, how to handle things when stuff isn't going so well, you know, and she even like, she's the type of person who makes you think about how to appreciate others. You know, she does mm-hmm. like rap gifts in a way that I've never seen people do before. And it's, it makes me think like, damn, I don't, like, I don't do rap <laughs> and, you know, it's not like she's trying to show anybody up or make anybody feel like, right, oh, yeah. you know, you're a crap person because you don't give people gifts. Mm. But it's just even thinking about that type of thing. It's so yeah. kind. And it's mm. and even that she does within the cast members, you know, taking care of us in that way is really sweet. It's nice to be around people like that because it kind of illuminates things that, you know, I might want to be better about it myself. Word. So, yeah. She's, she's good people, Lucy. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, you're in a rare space. I think Frazier mentioned it earlier where you've been able to have a character go from, you know, one property to another property and be able to really, you know, grow what your character's been doing over that time. What are your thoughts on Josie's progression thus far from throughout Riverdale and now into a season of Katie Keene? Gosh, you know, <laughs> I feel like Josie has grown a lot and it's weird because I grew up kind of pretty much in my twenties in New York Mm -hmm. and was Mm -hmm. pursuing my dream and trying to kind of marry that experience with a character that does things and says things that I would never do or say Mm -hmm. is hard, (laughs) but I like the fact that people are getting the opportunity to see Josie as a whole human being, you yes. know, mm-hmm. in this made up world, mm-hmm. she is her own person. She has faults. She has strength. She has levels of forgiveness that most people would not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see that. And it also is showing me different things that maybe I'd like to expand on or pull back. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. it really is just a huge learning curve. And I appreciate it for that. You know, people would think that, oh, you've been doing this character for how long? Like, what more could there be? And honestly, there's so much. There really is. It speaks a lot to uh, representation, too, as well. I mean, it's cool to have. I grew up, I remember seeing a lot on TV, unless it was like an all-black show. It was a show where, like, sometimes you see a black person on there. They might be cool, but they also might be a thug. But, you know, to be able to have different depictions of, you know, successful black people and black people growing up and having relationships, sometimes, you know, making mistakes and, you know, trying to, you know, better themselves. I think uh, because it's very underestimated, even in, you know, how the world is built today, being able to be a little kid and looking up at the TV and saying, you know, that's me right there. You know, I see myself, you know, represented here in, you know, this show about people trying to make it in New York or you know, mystical lands and in, in random towns where people are just, you know, sitting in someone's uh, back room. You know, you need to see yourself in whatever media you're taking in. And I think it's the credit to you to be able to do that, you know, not just be a character on an ensemble, but to have a storyline yeah. going throughout, you know, a season where you can see a character really grow. It's a dope thing to, to experience, I would imagine. It is. Honestly, it is. And there are ways that I am very conscious of, allowing my blackness to inform the blackness of this character because that's what she is. You know, Mm -hmm. she might be a different frequency on the spectrum, but the spectrum is still black. And the fact that this show is also taking place in real time, Mm -hmm. you can't ignore those aspects. So Mm -hmm. I am always making sure that things are not too on the nose or I am not, you know, being too policed on my range of emotion, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a delicate balance, but I'm always aware of it. And is the atmosphere in the show one where you feel comfortable to um, almost work, not directly with the writers, obviously, but, you know, have some credible input on character choices and storylines and, and arcs and stuff like that? I mean, I will say that the door is always open. We're very lucky to have such a wonderful, gracious, showrunner and they always take our advice to heart you know the reality is too they still have bosses you know they still have people they have to answer to but they're going to push for us as much as they can Mm -hmm. and that is what matters to me quite frankly 
being a part of the show and even just being in production as well it teaches actors that's why actors end up becoming producers or directors on their own because they'll see that sometimes what they want can only go so far when they are not in the position of actually creating it as a whole mm-hmm. so I do my best to take my own notes about oh maybe one day you know I'll make something like this or if I'm an EP on a project I would like to be able to tell a story more this way but the place for me to start and even learning how to voice those opinions is right now on set with the directors, with the writers, anything that I can do that is going to help create a better story. Because that's, I think is what's most important is being able to separate what I want from how it's going to benefit me and how it's actually going to benefit everything as a whole, because I'm looking at it in its entirety. And Mm -hmm. even though I am a part of this entire pie, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is influencing everything else to be successful. So if I'm lacking based on what everyone else is doing and it doesn't fit, I want to make sure that we're on the same page of how we can make this work as a whole. These these are the ideas I have. What do you think? Is there anything that we can do about that? And that's the most power that I have that, that I can even do. So. Sounds like you're trying to move into that EP lane at some point, though. Yeah, I was going to say, is that something you have your eye I on? I would yeah, like yeah. to. You know, I mean, I don't know much about it. I'm still learning so mm-hmm. much. Just even being on set this consistently on Katie Keen mm-hmm. is opening my eyes to so many different facets mm-hmm. of production. But I have always had, like, you know, an inkling for writing, and I have been told... I have comedic timing. So (laughs) there are things that I would like to explore. Um, But I just like to be as forthright and as conscientious as possible. So whenever I feel like I need to speak up and talk about something, I will. This could be the time. I mean, we're seeing a number. I feel like it was a, didn't mention Amic. I think she directed one of the last episodes. She directed one of the episodes. Yeah, I think mm. she did. I think she directed what ended up being the finale. The finale, yeah, because they had to cut it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, even keeping it in terms of acting, are there other roles and other directors and collaborators that you have your eye on that, you know, I know you mentioned the schedule is really grueling and it's a grind, but when you do have some free time and stuff that you want to pursue? Uh, there is. You know, I, I really want to do more like dry witty dark humor mm-hmm. i want to curse a lot okay <laughs> i just like i there's i just want to do so many things that are the antithesis of teenage young 20 something life like mm-hmm. it could it could honestly be anything I probably should be more specific if I'm going to attract these things into my (laughs) circle. (laughs) But I mean, I really want to just, I just want to make some stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to work and I want to stretch myself as an actor. You know, that's really all I want to do. I want to laugh. I want to make some comedy. I want to do some action. I would love to be Riri Williams from the Marvel comics. Talk about it. I I just, want to play yeah, talk about representation yeah that would be awesome from your lips to god's ears at some point you know what i mean hopefully that's yeah. probably what, how i feel i feel like that's the only other role that i would consider taking right now that is mm-hmm. under 24 <laughs> <laughs> you're, but you're also in a weird situation because i mean as we're talking we don't know what you know the future holds for a yeah. jersey and a katie keen how are you feeling about that situation? Are you hearing anything about, I saw something they were saying it was really on like, you know, where the streaming numbers end up, something like that. Are you privy to any of that information? I mean, no more than what has already been on the internet about it, you know, Mm. and there's not much that I can do about that. You know, I feel like also live television, there's always a struggle, you know, sometimes you just hit the right perfect formula and it makes people want to sit down and watch things as it comes on. Yeah. But also the reality that we live in a world where we have streaming, you know, when DVR first popped up, that's when things are like, oh. oh yeah, God. yeah. So <laughs> I do my best when it comes to promoting the show. And I really do think that once we do stream, it'll reach more audiences and people will enjoy it in a way that maybe they didn't expect they would. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. I just hope for that. Definitely. 
fingers crossed that uh, you know you get the season two order. Do you have ideas of where you see Josie going for a season two? Oh gosh, no. And I think that's what's most fun: the mm-hmm. fact that things are completely open about what we can do, and that avenues are always endless. Just being in New York, mm-hmm. anything could happen. So many things happened to me in my twenties living in New York City. Yeah. So <laughs> we could tell any story we wanted. I'd be really excited to discuss the ideas that the writers have and toss some of my things in there too, because that's really what helps ground the characters is letting the writers get to know you and get to know your perception and portrayal of that character so they can better serve you when it comes time to give you a script, you know? So I don't know, like I'd be down for anything. Honestly, I would. Ashley Murray, thank you very much for stopping by. Watch less. Appreciate this time with you, you know, Continued blessings, whatever they be, in the future for you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Man, look, another one in the can. Great, great conversation with the homegirl Ashley Murray. I'm, I'm glad that she remembered me. I always worry when when you repeat interview somebody. Do you have that nugget in the back of your head? Like, I wonder if they remember me. Oh yeah, totally. Just out of like curiosity, but also it's like you don't want to be that guy. But if they do, then it it kind of like speeds the familiarity up. Yes, and you can ostensibly have like a better conversation. So it's always like case by case, I guess. The last couple of times I spoke to someone that I spoke to in the past, they didn't recognize me. So I I Racism. I, I took the path of not saying anything. And I thought it was cool that she mentioned that she spoke to me in the past. It was cool. She's great. I guess as of this recording, still no word on a season two of Katie Keene. I guess that's on y'all. It is on HBO Max. I saw uh, they did say they were going to be looking at the streaming numbers. So if you guys rock with Katie Keene and you want a season two on the CW at some point, whenever the world is recording television and movies again, you know, you might want to, you know, mash those streaming numbers. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah. And shout out to Ashley. She definitely keeps it to Virgil's, as they say. (laughs) That's good. That's good. As promised, we wanted to talk a little bit about some uh, new movies dropping. I don't know if this was the most anticipated. I know a lot of people have been waiting for this film. When when you say Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson project, like that's an instant where are my tickets? I, I'm going to be there open week and I need to know what the fuck's going on. King of Staten Island dropping on demand this Friday. Fucking COVID. <laughs> COVID Jack. I, but I wonder what, like, would this have been that big summer comedy in theaters? Hard to say. You know, it's box office conversations always get so cynical in this age, course, especially with streaming. Pete's definitely on the rise. He's having quite the hot spring. When you factor in, um, let's see, what he had the special in February. He had a Big Time Adolescence, which was one of the last things I saw in theaters, actually. Yeah. And this movie, of course, which is, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage for upcoming comics almost to have a movie that's partially based on your life directed by Judd Apatow. Yeah. It's very eight mile-ish. Definitely. Because it's not just like, yo, it's a, it's a movie about his life, but it is like names changed, s- space is the same, but the circumstances are pretty much uh, the same as well. Well, even the names, like it, yeah. his name is Scott, which is his, his real dad's life name. dad's name. Yeah. And um, you look at stuff like his, the, his grandfather in the movie when they're at the graduation party is his real grandfather. Mm, I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. I... As I was watching, I was sitting there like, Scott, why Scott? And I remembered his Comedy Central special was SMD. And obviously everybody's like, yo, suck my dick. Da, 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 da. But it was actually <laughs> like his father's initials or what have you. And it was like, I think it was on like a police. It, it was in like whatever the font of like police badge or whatever, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I thought it was, I originally, I initially thought it was Scott for Kid Cudi because he's a Kid Cudi like accolade. Yeah, and I mean, and that comes that comes loud and clear once you press play oh, yeah, on this I film. Mean, for anyone who had easy money on it, the film opens and ends with Cuddy songs. Yes, yes. I'm wondering because again, I mentioned the, the Comedy Central special. I mean, he does a lot of. There, there's been countless 
jokes and things that he's done talking about his father being a firefighter, passed away at 9-11, you know, and how that's affected him and things like that. I wonder in a way if this film might be a closure for a certain part of his life. Like, you know, he, he's been able to do this thing. It's, it's, he's playing in the spirit of his father. He's re- very, very much honoring his father. It was really dope to see a lot of the firefighter stuff in there too. But I wonder if like after this, that's kind of going to be it. And not to say he won't speak on that ever again, but like, you know, in terms of devoting so much time to be so forward about it, I wonder if this is kind of like the end of that chapter. That would definitely make sense. But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a little long. Yeah, I mean that, that that's my reaction to it too. It really it's it really is kind of just cool, you know. It, it it's been a while since we had a Judd movie. Some reviews this week have called it like his best movie since funny people which considering he's only done this is 40 which not too many people have really actually seen like that and then train wreck yeah which is just kind of cool also it's like that's not really a high bar no not at all especially considering funny people in itself is divisive i kind of felt like this was it had like similar strains of funny people and you know like knocked up but as much as i like pete davidson and i am expecting like his his year so far to really catapult him into stardom Mm -hmm. he's just not you know he's not seth rogan or adam sandler yet no i mean i wonder if some of this is baby steps i mean you do get to see him play a little more serious you get to see him interact in a, a romantic situation i think you're probably able to do the next film if it's going to be like a mainstream thing it could be what does the Pete Davidson rom-com look like? I don't want to say it's yeah, a train sure. wreck, but you know, it, it's something like that. I mean, I, 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 I think something like this with the elements it had in there, we're kind of like baby steps to, uh, you know, have yeah. him experience that on film. So I will say he has, I won't spoil it, even though I don't know if it's a, a secret, yeah. but I will say he has a great couple scenes with a, a cameo from a past watch less guest mm. who I didn't know was in the movie when I was watching it. Yeah. That was, and uh, that's a, a great scene. I won't say those are some of my favorite parts of the film, but, uh, you know. They, I mean, definitely. How could they not be? Their dynamic was really cool. But, yeah, that's available on demand this Friday, June 12th, as is Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, which hits Netflix this Friday. Again, we were able to see that early as well so that's another scenario where it's like it it is kind of like fuck covid because on one hand we were always going to watch this at home probably but Mm -hmm. the way netflix kind of fucks with media people um especially with someone as big as spike some uh, spike stature Mm -hmm. there probably would have been a theater screening and it would like this is a very big loud war movie that yeah. would be dope to see on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, again, not not to dust my shoulders off, but when I spoke to Spike, he, he let it be known that, you know, no other companies were trying to put this film out. So, yeah, it was it, it was always going to be, for some people, a first run. But I it would have been dope to even, like, a screening at Dolby 88. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Just Because there's a, there's a lot of dope needle drops in this film. There's a lot there's of... There's a lot of gunfire. <laughs> The, the the war recreation and it starts out early like the movie gets is is very heavy very early but the 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 vietnam war scenes that hit you really quick in the film excellent excellent work yeah so i didn't even i didn't even know anything about this movie going into it really crazy because you know i actually had gotten fucked up with the, the blood of jesus Oh, but that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 But I remember, I like forgot, I'd never actually seen that, but I remember that title. Yeah. So at first, at, like for the first 10 minutes that I'm watching this, I'm thinking that, oh, he just simplified the title or something. Uh- <laughs> and they're going to go into the jungle and unlock some shit. And then it's like, and I thought it was still going to have these overtones of the Vietnam War. But the and it's like, no, movie? this is a straightforward, like heavy vietnam war yeah. um, just uh exploration that we really haven't seen it's like you know from the african-american perspective and how uh you know disillusioned and disenfranchised Word. the soldiers felt coming back from that but it actually you know as heavy as it is and it has some incredibly heavy moments it actually isn't one of those 
Oscar bait movies that are no. just like crushing you for three hours. No, you know? it, it, it's not. It better. There's some performances in here that need Listen, to be in some contention talks. Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo. I will. I'm going to force myself to write this before Friday Uh-oh. just to have it on wax. But Delroy Lindo needs an Oscar nomination for his work. Big facts. And, and, and again, when I spoke to Spike about the film, again, Complex.com interviews up there. Shout out to him for being humble. Shout out to him for being a great coach and being like, yo, yeah, his performance was great. But look, my whole squad is dope. It's a very wonderfully acted film front to back. A lot of people you love, a lot of people you should be aware of, like Jonathan Majors, who's going to be starring in HBO's Lovecraft Country from uh, come up. Jordan Peele and uh, that's your man, JJ, right? Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, watch out for that. He plays Delroy's son. But, and I, was, but I wanted to be like, yo... Delroy, that man's been killing it. He was like, yeah, but he's been killing it, you know? Malcolm X, you know? Clockers, you know, he played my dad in Crooklyn. Like, you know, but it, Delroy is able to shine. And I think, I kind of wish he got more films outside of what he's done with Spike, where he was able to really show people that work. Because he brought it. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I even love what Chadwick Boseman does in this film. Yeah, yeah. I forgot he could act. No disrespect, no disrespect, Chadwick. But lately all I've been seeing of Chadwick is more like action and stuff. Like, you don't get to see him do whole monologues. You wasn't right. watching 21 Bridges for, you know, two minutes of him being a thespian. You wanted to see him shoot at people. I'll be honest, I didn't watch 21 Bridges at all. I had it on in the background one day. It's it's they They do shoot at people the whole movie anyway a movie like black panther still doesn't completely give you like the range of what he can do like this not at all it was it was just really cool to see really and and with spike's eye because there's that one but he got like this one monologue and the way spike shot him it's like damn he was again and i I feel bad because it's like oh it's the first time you get to talk to spike lee and i want to be like yo fam i've been loving your shit for like three decades blah 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 blah. and the way you did this shot here and he's just like yeah that's cool that's what the (laughs) fuck i do what do you want me to say like you know it's 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 it is what it is if only i was born a decade earlier he's definitely that type but um yeah i think five bloods obviously with spike lee you're always expecting some dope shit but that really floored me i think it's Definitely top five films so far this year. Yes, yes, something like that. Well, I mean, films this year. It's not a, it's not, it's not a heavy competition. It definitely gets Bad Boys Three out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Fact. I think you know you'll it'll be reflected on the site. You'll see like mid year mid year co- conversations are going to be a little different this year. And I think one of the things that unfortunately is affected is the movie conversation because there's, I could probably count on two hands the amount of films I'm like really fucking with that drop so far this year. Maybe. What are you going to do? So, you know, you, but but anyway, Defy Bloods, that's top five right now. Stream that. Bang that out early. Let them know. Let them know that your rocket was, and because who knows? Maybe Netflix will slide a, another bag to Spike to get another one of these projects he's been trying to get up off the ground out of here. We'll and carve your time out for both of those because they are they both clock in at well over two hours. Yes, yeah. It's it's either I'm gonna watch one of these during the afternoon or save them both as like a back to back feature on Sunday. Assuming you something you, like that. Assuming you don't have plans for anything that is essential, stay ass in the house, beam up some 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 entertainment, some new entertainment. I think that's gonna do it for this week. Yes, sir. Hope people are staying safe out there. One way to stay safe and stay ass in the house is to subscribe to the Watch Less podcast via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Wednesdays, every morning, we're right there with you. Uh, either we have a fire interview like this week with Ashley or, you know, what's in the archives or we have a fire conversation about what's going on today. Shit, you just heard us talk about this stuff. What do you, what do you, what the fuck? When you get to wherever you subscribe to these podcasts, please make sure you like, comment, rate, subscribe, review, share, whatever you do to let the people know that you're rocking with us, please do so we can continue to do this for y'all. We got plans, but we need to make sure that y'all are with us so we can continue on. Uh, I guess for the summer man, Fraser Tharp, my name is Cal. 
advising you as always to wash your damn hands, use some hand sanitizer. If a protest is still going on and you plan on going out, please still rock a mask, pack a bag or something. Because they're they already saying people catching the Rona from being out in these protests unprotected. Don't play yourself. It, it's, it's still Rona season out there. Keep trying to tell y'all, goddammit. If you catch the Rona, all I'm going to say is don't blame me. It wasn't my fault. I tried to tell you every week. Feel what I'm saying? But yeah, tune in to watch this. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Our associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Our editor is Tyler Boltheis. Our production manager is Chancel Correa. Our talent booker is Anthony Allred. Our junior booker is Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. Senior Director of Operations is Jen Stewart. The watch list is a part of the Complex Podcast Network. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.